0: I am statements of Jesus, and as important as it is for us to know what Jesus thinks about us, there's some comfort in that, there's value in that, there is exceedingly more importance for us to understand who He is. You see, when we understand who He is, then we have a better idea of who we are in Him. Today we're going to be looking at Jesus' claim where He says He is the bread of of life. Now, when you hear that claim, I, I want you to put that into perspective. I want you to imagine that you were right there with the original hearers when Jesus said for the first time, I am the bread of life, and what that would have been like. And maybe to help us do that, imagine with me that you're at Kroger. You're in the bread aisle at Kroger, or wherever you shop for groceries, and uh, as you're sifting through the bread there, uh, a stranger walks up to you and says, uh, I am bread uh, sir, would you like help? I mean bread's right here. No, I Am bread I am the bread of life Now I could just imagine in my mind's eye that it wouldn't take too many people to hear this before they'd go and get the management and, and maybe they would call the authorities and usher them out because this is a pretty ridiculous claim You look like a human to me. This is bread. These are bagels. These are tortillas, but 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 you're saying you are bread This had to have been amazing to the people who first heard this as well. But Jesus made this claim, pretty bold claim, but yet Jesus, as we know, backed it up. We're going to look at the sixth chapter of the book of John today, and there's some pretty amazing things in John chapter 6, and to set the scene for the text that we're going to read here in just a moment, I want you to see what's been happening right before what we're going to read today. Jesus had just fed the 5,000 remember that that account where Jesus took the little boy's lunch He had the the five loaves and the two fish and he multiplied them and fed Thousands of people with that that had just taken place the people were amazed Those who witnessed that it it grabbed their attention it filled their stomach It said that everybody ate till they had their full and and, and they were so amazed They wanted this Jesus to be their leader and in fact He didn't really want to do that at that point, but but they wanted to to lift him up as leader and even by force, but the scripture lets us know that he slipped away. As he went away, the disciples were going to cross this lake or sea of Galilee. And uh, when they're crossing the lake in the sea of Galilee, there's a big storm that rises up and it it puts their life in jeopardy and you remember what takes place. That's another amazing thing that just happens before the text we're going to read today. Jesus walks out on the water, he calms the storm, and he saves their life. That's pretty amazing. Here, he feeds 5,000 people with just one little small lunch, and he calms a storm, and he walks out on water, and, and now the people are beginning to figure out where Jesus went, so they go around the lake or around the Sea of Galilee, and they're finding Jesus, and that's where we find this text. But before we read the text, is I try to put myself into that and think of what it would have been like. There's a question that's asked that I think the disciples would have just jumped up and responded. Now, it's not in God's Word. And, and I'm not trying to add to God's Word. Scripture talks about that we shouldn't add or take away from God's Word. I'm not saying this is the Bible. I'm just saying in my sanctified divine imagination that the Lord gives to each of us, what do we think the disciples would have been thinking or feeling when they hear this question? And the question that's going to come up in just a second that we'll read it is, is the people are saying, Hey, Jesus, what miraculous thing are you going to do to show us that you're the Messiah? We kind of like your... Your bag of tricks here. What, what are you going to do to show us that you're the Messiah? And I would just imagine that the disciples would say, Jesus, walk on the water like you did last night. Now, I've got some helpers here. Okay, you're kind of prepared. If you're one of my helpers, when it comes time, I'm going to ask what the disciples would, would possibly think. And I want you to say it with me, okay? Jesus, oh, that's not regular. Let's try it again. Alright, my helpers, you know who you are. Out loud, you know, loud voice, be proud. What do the disciples think? Jesus, Walk on the water like you did last night. Very good. Now we're ready to read the scripture. Let's look at John chapter 6. Take your Bible or navigate on your device to John 6 verse 30. Now disciples, be ready. I'm going to call on that same line again. It's not in God's word, but this is what I think that they had to have been thinking and maybe even verbalized. John chapter 6 verse 30. So they asked him, What miraculous sign, then, will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Now, the Scripture doesn't say this, but I think the disciples would have said, what would they have said? That's what I would have said. The Bible doesn't say that, but I just think that's probably what they, they couldn't have forgotten this. He just saved their life. He just fed the 5,000. He's done miraculous things. Jesus, pull out one of your bag of tricks. We've, We've already seen this stuff take place. Let's read on. Verse 31. Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It's not Moses who is giving you the bread from heaven. But it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Verse 35, then Jesus declares, here's our key verse today, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. Verse forty. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and will be raised and I will raise him up at the last day. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for how you want to speak to us today. And I just ask your blessing over us today, may the words of my mouth, no doubt feeble and flawed, and the meditations of all of our hearts together, Lord, may they be pleasing to you. May we not just hear your words, but Lord, would you call us to obedience and feed us on your word today. It's in your name I pray, amen. But this time I'm going to ask our, uh, ask our ushers to go ahead and come forward and I'm going to have them help me with something that's kind of unusual today. As we're talking about being, Jesus being the bread of life, uh, they're going to pass these bowls down and I want you to take a piece of bread. Now, uh, this may like a wig somebody out, it's okay. Just take a piece of bread and just hold it. So go ahead and pass this out and as it's being passed, now just take the one that's on top, okay? You don't need to slobber on everybody else's, all right? Just, just take that, we don't need to pass your germs around. Uh, but, but I want you to hold this bread. You may want to... Take a big whiff and smell that bread If you're really hungry and you want to eat the bread, I guess it's okay You could eat the bread, but but I want you to think about how amazing bread is Now for those of us on a low carb diet or a gluten-free diet bread is just a distant memory. I know It feels wrong. Just even hold it. I know it's okay, but you can hold it. Just hold it in your hand But for most of the world bread is not something that you eat with your salad It's not an optional food. For most of the world, bread is the meal. It's the source of sustenance of life. And the point that Jesus is making when he says, I am the bread of life, it's not I've come to enhance your salad and to give you some kind of optional thing in your life. He didn't come to run your low-carb diet. No, he came, he said, I am coming that you may have what it takes to live. What it takes to stay alive, that's me, Jesus says. I am what keeps you alive. I am what feeds you. I am the meal. I am the bread of life. Bread's an amazing thing. It tastes so good. People tell me it's bad for me, but I probably eat too much. But as you smell it, as you hold it in your hand, this tangible thing is exactly what Jesus used to talk about who he was and what he brings to you and to me. Bread, in essence, it sustains life. Bread was referred to 492 times in Scripture. It's often used as an offering or even as currency as money. In bread in Scripture, it can be a symbol of, of the church as well as a symbol of the body of Christ, like we partook of that in communion earlier this morning. We have all kinds of things throughout the Bible on bread, and even some miraculous events that took place surrounding bread, some miracle bread in the Bible. Let's look at a few of the miracle bread All right, it's not wonder bread, it's miracle bread. The first I want us to look at is manna bread. In Exodus 16, we find the account that's talking to us about this manna bread. And Moses has led the Egyptian Jews out of bondage, and now they're in the wilderness, and God is supplying them with bread called manna. Of course, God's people were complaining and grumbling. We do that pretty good, don't we? Some of us, (laughs) some of us, we almost act like that's our spiritual gift. It didn't take much effort, much prompting. We're always ready, on the spot, ready to go, complain and grumble at will. Well, that's the people of God here. They were grumbling and complaining. They were hungry, and yet God gave them something to eat. He gave them this bread that rained down from heaven, this manna bread. We also see in God's word there's this raven bread. In 1 Kings 17, God supplied the prophet Elijah with bread brought by a raven. Now, I don't know if you're like me. I'm not too picky, but I kind of have an issue with getting my bread from a bird. That didn't sound really good to me. I don't know that bird spit is my favorite bread topping. I don't know that I would choose that. But, but I guess if you're hungry enough, that would work. And, and there was this miracle that God provided bread for Elijah through the raven that would bring him food and would feed him. They would bring him scraps. We also see this that we read and, or heard about from John 6, the feeding of the 5,000. This multiplying lunch, this multiplying bread where Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and, and multiplied it and fed all the people It was amazing, but don't forget that the people in Christ's time, they expected the Messiah to produce bread. Let's talk about that for just a second. There was a group of ancient writings called the Midrash, and it said that as was the first Redeemer in this ancient writing, so was the final Redeemer. What that meant was, as Moses, so shall be the Messiah. In other words, as the first Redeemer, Moses, caused manna to fall from heaven, even so shall the second Redeemer, the Messiah, cause bread to fall from heaven. Of course, the the people were confused about who really supplied the manna from heaven. They were giving credit to Moses, but it was God who provided the manna. But, But they were been passing on for generation upon generation upon generation. Our Savior, the Messiah, the leader who will set all things right, will provide bread for us. So no doubt, when Jesus was teaching and preaching and he multiplied these five loaves and they see bread going out all over the place, bells and lights had to go off in their mind. This is bread. The great leader will bring us bread. They will multiply bread. And that's why when they hear this and they, they, they flock to his teaching, they want to lift him to authority right away. Let's take over Rome and let's set things right. And, and Jesus had to slip away. Bread was on their mind. So here comes Jesus, the Messiah. The people are expecting bread from Him. He even did some miracles with bread, just as God the Father provided all kinds of miracles around bread. And Jesus doesn't give them bread. He claims to be bread. Imagine what that change of thought would have felt like. I can't wait to have currency. I can't wait to have sustenance. I can't wait to have security. Oh, you don't need that. That's all me. Well, Jesus, we kind of like your teaching and all, but we, we signed up for the bread. We signed up for the cash. We signed up for what you're going to provide. We want these things. Oh, no, 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 you misunderstood. I am those things. I want you to take that bread again that's in your hand. and If you want to eat it, you can go ahead and eat it. That's okay. I don't want to tempt you. I know it's close to lunch and you may smell it. It tastes good. That's okay. But if you still have it, I want you to hold it in your hand. Maybe take another whiff of that. Smell that bread. And I want you to think for a second. While for us today, this is a sermon prop. It doesn't have a whole lot of value for you. But today, if it's an average day like every other day in our recent history, over 25,000 people today will die of starvation. And what looks like a sermon prop to us, or or something that Pastor Brady made me hold, I didn't sign up for this, I can see it on some of your faces, it's okay, I still love you, just keep holding the bread. What may be a nuisance to us, what we hold in our hand as a prop, is literally life for somebody who will die today because they don't have anything to eat. This was in Jesus' day as well, And, and when he says, I am the bread of life, there's all kinds of things that are coming upon this statement that are true time and time again. So, let's continue on and look at what Jesus was talking about when he claimed to be, and made good on his claim to be, the bread of life. What did Jesus mean when he said that? Well, first, I think he means this. Jesus, he fulfills the promises of God. John six thirty two. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. So he's setting the record straight on what they thought was their provision from Moses. No, no, no. It was from God. It wasn't from your ancient ancestor Moses. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. It's the second part here. He says, now, you're mistaken about where the the manna came from, but now this bread that God's going to bring, it's me. And it's going to be the Savior of the world. I'm going to reach the whole world through this. Jesus is clearly saying that he is the bread of life. Well, Okay, so what? Well, what it meant for them was they were expecting one thing and then God provided another way. What they had thought would take place, God did it a different way, a better way, His way. And yet the first bread in the wilderness, the manna, was a symbol of God's provision, God's ability to produce and to make good on His promise. That's where all this started and the gift of manna in the wilderness, it wasn't just to nourish their bodies, though it did that. It was to build their faith. Look at this with me or listen to it with me. Exodus 16:4. This is the instructions surrounding that manna, that frosted flakes from heaven kind of thing. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and to gather enough for that day and that day alone. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Now, it was kind of funny to me this week as I was looking at this. I found that every time that God refers to this bread-like substance, the word that he uses literally means bread or grain. Pretty straightforward. But yet when the people refer to this bread-like substance that God provides, they use this word manna. And behind it, what it literally means is what? So God says, here's bread, and they go, what? Or, what is it? God has provided for them, and they don't understand it. They've never seen it, it's not kind of what they've, they've had before. And you know the story. They begin to complain about that, too, because they're good complainers, and, and there's all kinds of problems that surround that. But here's what it, the Bible does tell us. I guess it tastes like honey. That's why I feel like I'm pretty accurate with frosted flakes, but you can argue that with the Lord. I, I think it's good stuff. But here's what happened, the Lord said, only gather up enough of these flakes, enough of this bread to sustain you for one day. I've made it for you for one day, and then the next day I'll give you more. But what happened was, what was supposed to build their faith, is their actions began to speak differently. They disobeyed, they they stockpiled, they gathered as much manna as they could, and they hoarded that manna, and it made things worse. In essence, in their actions, they said, you know, you can't. You can't depend on God. I mean, there's manna today, but who knows what tomorrow. Get as much of that stuff as you can. If we gather enough manna, then we won't have to go out and work the next couple of days. Let's stockpile the manna. And they failed the test. Moses' response in Deuteronomy 8.3 talks to us about this. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had ever known Did this to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? Jesus quotes these words when he's tempted. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. doesn't live on bread alone, but what comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now this word, word, it, it doesn't mean static words on a page. No, this literally means expression, action, that which comes out. And so in essence it could read, man does not live on bread alone, but on every expression, every action, everything that flows out of God. And God said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And he says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every expression from God, every action from God, everything that flows out from God. Jesus is what God has given to us. The Word becoming flesh. And he says, this is what you'll feed on. This is what you'll sustain on. This is what life is for you. See, it's telling us that God is our source. Amen? It's not your paycheck that's your source. It's not your, your job that's your source. Your family that's your source. Your friends that's your source. Your work ethic is not your source. Your source is in Jesus And so the bread that you hold in your hand is to remind us that God fulfills His promise. Long ago, He said, I will be enough for you. I will provide for you. So as you hold that bread today, I want you to think about what God has provided for you. In Exodus 25-30, God gives His instructions for the tabernacle, the place of worship in the wilderness. Exodus 25-30, it says this, Put the bread of the presence on the table before me at all times. Now this bread of the presence, what is that? It literally means the bread of the face. That's weird. Have you ever had face bread? I don't think I've had that. I've had monkey bread. My mother-in-law makes monkey bread. That's like a donut. I've had pop tarts. I've had tortillas. I've never had Face bread. What are we talking about? Face bread. Literally, what's happening here is the Lord is teaching them how to worship. He says, "Hey, take this 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 show bread, this presence bread, this face bread, and put it before me all the time, and let it sit there." You see, because if you and I look at the face of God, we'll die in His holiness and His glory. We could not withstand it. It would it would topple us over. But we can look at the bread that God has provided, and we can see God through what He has done. This is the great object lesson that he's giving to the people in worship. He says, hey, hey, every time you come into my presence, would you be greeted with the provision that I've given to you? This bread of the presence. The bread represents his faithfulness. So as you hold that bread in your hand, you may want to sniff it again. Or if you're hungry, you can take a bite. That's okay. How has God provided for you? How has he provided for you lately? have you seen him be meeting your needs in the last month, the last week, the last 24 hours? Or is it that our most spiritual memory of blessing is it decades old? I'm not trying to discredit the things that God has done in the past. It's good to recount those. But friend, if you're only hanging on what God has done a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20, 50 years ago, your bread is stale. It is moldy. It's not been intended to be the only piece of bread you get your whole life. He's calling you to feast on Him every day. You know, the showbread, the bread of presence in the tabernacle, was to be replaced every Sabbath. It was to be fresh. I believe the Lord wants us to have fresh encounters with His provision, seeing that He fulfills His promise. Fresh examples. There's a story of a preacher who came to his church... He was new to the church. It was his first uh, couple Sundays there, and it came time to prepare communion and serve communion to the congregation. And as he was thinking about this, he remembered his couple times he'd been in the sanctuary that there was a big loaf of bread there on the communion table, and so his plans were to use that loaf that was there. Surely that's what it is for. And so he comes the Sunday morning, he has the juice prepared, and he walks down to the communion table. He takes the loaf of bread in his hands, but what he doesn't realize that everybody else knows is this was... It was a piece of bread that had been like shellacked, and it was a decoration. And it had been there for years and maybe decades. It's just kind of, you know, petrified bread with glossy stuff painted over it. And so he stands there, and he's kind of figuring something out, and and he works hard to break it. And when he breaks it, it just kind of disintegrates in his hand, and, and it's just in dust. And he had to figure out something else to do with the bread. I can't remember the rest of the story. But as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know... How many of us, when we think about what God has done in our life, it's there, it's for presentation, we've we've printed it up, it's glossy, this is what we pull out of the hat. Whenever we've got to talk about how good God is, look, look, here's what God did. But it is so dry, and when you begin to try to feed on it, it just crumbles its dust before you. It was never intended to be your only source of food. God said, daily, daily, ask for your daily bread. Come to me and ask for your daily bread. As you hold that bread in your hand, is it reminding you of what God has provided? Next, we see that Jesus not only fulfills the promises of God, it's not just what he has already promised. He actually, right now, satisfies our deepest need. Now take that bread, maybe another bite or another whiff, or hold it in your hand, look at it again. This bread represents sustenance of life for you. When we're hungry, we can eat it. John 6, 30, for the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Now I want to ask you a question. I want you to be real honest with yourself. Do you really believe, with your weight, that Jesus can produce and provide and satisfy your deepest physical needs? Today, do you think he can produce the bread in your life? Do you really think he can meet that physical need in your life? As I mentioned a moment ago, he certainly instructed us to pray. Give us today our daily bread. He's asked us to ask him. But do we believe, do we live like we believe he can actually do something for us, do something right now? Or do we think that prayer is just some kind of glossy words that we just throw up and it's just kind of a hocus pocus thing? Or do we believe that he actually can sustain us, he can fulfill our deepest needs of what we have right now? That friend that you're longing to have, Jesus can fill that need. That security that you would love to get someday and work towards, Jesus can meet that need. That, that gap in your health that, that is not changing right now. Jesus can meet the need and stand in the gap of what is not working in your life physically here on earth. Do you believe that Jesus can actually produce and actually sustain and fulfill that deep need in your life? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and he will give us all that we need. Either it's all true or it's not so we can put our trust in him. John 6:51 I am the living bread that came down from heaven anyone who eats this bread will live forever and this bread which I offer excuse me this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. And he's speaking of what we just observed in communion together. He says I don't want this to get confusing. It's me. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the door. I am the gate. The only way to get to the Father is through me. It's me laying down my life. I, My body is the bread broken for you. I am here to let you feast on what I am providing. Finally, we see Jesus not only satisfying our deepest need, but third, Jesus gives us hope for the future. John 6:40. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise Him up at that last day. Now, as I said a little bit earlier, I think this morning, every time Scripture says believe, it's two words that go hand in hand that's, that's implying that it happens. If you believe, you trust and obey. Both. If you do not trust and obey, you don't believe. So the question we ask, do you believe in Jesus... It's not this mental assent that we just kind of ascribe to, or we have some system of thoughts that we agree with or disagree with. No, no, no. Are you trusting and obeying Jesus? When we trust and obey Him, that is belief, when we believe in Him with trust and obedience, He gives us hope. He gives us eternal life. Well, what is this eternal life? Heaven? Yes, it's heaven, but it's not just someday. This eternal life, the Greek phrase, is talking about perpetual life. It starts now. And it continues to go. And so the hope that I have, the hope that you have, the hope that we all can have today, is Jesus being the bread of life. He meets our needs and He gives us hope right now for the future. Your future is so good in Jesus. But it's not just someday. You don't have to just kind of endure and wait till you die to get to heaven. It starts now. How many have experienced that a relationship with Jesus, the bread of life, who will fulfill God's promises, who will satisfy the deepest needs of your heart, can give you hope now? Even in the midst of all the junk that's going on, right now he can give you hope. One of the fun things is I kind of lock eyes with some of you. I know some of your story and what Jesus is doing right now. If if you haven't experienced that, can can I tell you, why are you hanging on to stale, crusty bread? Now, I I noticed (laughs) the, the bread that I put out this morning was soft. And I don't know what yours was like when you got it. Mine's already crusty. This wasn't intended to be just left out. It was intended to be eaten, devoured with lots of butter. As we come to a close this morning, I could just imagine as I was praying for you in this time together, I'm sure there'd be no one here, but it was in my imagination that someone would get this bread and they'd say, Pastor Brady, what am I supposed to do with this now? I don't want to eat this. These are empty carbs. It's not, going to be, it's not what I want. I do have something else. I, I'm gluten-free. I don't like this. I, I, when preachers do this, I have to hold something. I came to, to church. I didn't come to, to have this bread. What, 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 do you, what do you want me to do with this now? How about, Brady, I just leave it on the seat or I just, I just put it on the floor. Or I find some trash can to throw it in. No, nope, don't do that. Oh, great. Thanks, Brady. Now I've got a homework assignment. I can't throw it away. I told you you can eat it or you can give it to someone else to eat. Share your provision with someone else. That, that would that'd be biblical. But, but here's my challenge to you. What if you would take in your hand what, admittedly, for most of us, it's a sermon prop. It's, it may even be a nuisance. What am I got to do with this now? I didn't plan on carrying bread around today. Let it be a reminder to you of how blessed we are. It just blows my mind that over 25,000 people will die today of starvation. And what you hold in your hand literally, not figuratively, represents life for them today. But we're so blessed. Ah. I don't want this. It's in my way. Could it be a physical reminder of how much Jesus has given to you that we take for granted? Every person in this room is so far blessed by the rest of the world's standards, it, it doesn't even compare. Well, that's because of my hard work, or my family, or we're good law-abiding citizens, and that's kind of the payoff for hogwash. You're talking about Moses giving you stuff that God gave you. What if you would take this bread today, and I challenge you to take it and put it in a place where you can see it. Maybe you'll put it in the dash of your car. Maybe you'll put it on the windowsill in your kitchen. Now Some of you are getting ahead of me. Don't go there yet. If you do that, weird stuff's going to happen to this. It's going to get even more crusty and it's going to get hard. And if you leave it in the right place, it's going to get moldy. Could you let it be a reminder that Jesus never intended the one blessing that he gives to you to be the only thing that you feed on? But he has fresh new manna. He says, I am the bread of life. And they said, give me some of that bread. I'm standing in front of you, Jesus said. You don't even see me. Well, what miracles would you do that we'd believe in you? The disciples said, hey, Jesus, walk on the water like you did last night. Do that stuff. And the other original hearers said, give us those frosted flakes. I heard about my great-great-grandparents eating the frosted flakes from heaven. I'd like to have that. But Jesus, you came and you did it different. You are bread. You are the offering. You are the currency. You are the substance of life. I kind of wanted to have something. He says, I'm giving you everything. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters who have given great attention to your word today. But Lord, admittedly, we're not here to give attention to any one man or woman. We're here to encounter and be encountered by you. And so Jesus, would you take this simple piece of bread that we hold in our hand and lord as we try to cart this around for the rest of the day and whatever happens to it happens to it but you would you remind us jesus of how richly blessed we are how you are so faithful to fulfill your promises before us that we neglect to even recognize they're from you lord would you help us to come to grips to see that you really can tangibly satisfy every deep need in our life and that right now, not someday, right now, we can have eternal life hope that starts now in you because of what you've given. But Lord, my temptation is to just live on what you have fed a few weeks, months, years ago. Lord, uh, a temptation that we all face is to live on bread of this earth But your words tell us man does not live on bread alone, but on every utterance, action, outflow of your heart, every word that comes from you. Jesus, may we feast on you today. It's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. As you go today, may God bless you and uh, take your bread with you. Let's love on our custodial staff. Don't leave it here on the seat. If you'd like to eat it, eat it. If you want to take me up on the challenge, put it in a place you'll see it and watch what happens if you wait and don't get fresh new bread. God bless you. You're dismissed.